goodness gracious. Who was on there on at home? Did you did you look to see if media is still um, is it is it downloaded as media? <coughs> it's it's not the video. I typed the <coughs> words in, and then I added audio from last week. Did you week. see if there's a little blue speaker? Yeah. Is there a switch off over there, maybe? Isn't it like one through five plus eight? I always have to look at the cheat sheet, so. <laughs> and it's like one through five and then eight. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't first time. Do you have it in preview? I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at four this morning. Oh, I, I was finally going back to sleep about two. Uh, five. Yeah, our alarm on Sundays we have our alarms at five, but I woke up at four instead. Snuck out of the bedroom because I didn't want to wake her up. She slept on her way to five, and then she woke up with a start. <laughs> wow. And I heard her all the way across the house. Oh, wow. Should I get past her? Yeah, well, I've got it on my phone, and I've, I've played it and played it and played it. Well, she was in Can I pet you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of us are doing that, even him. Yeah. The accompaniment isn't working. Good morning, Rudy. Hi, Rudy. So you know what, Rudy? We use the same mic. I said, this says Rudy. <laughs> yeah. 
can you let them in? Oh, they've got keys. That's still a little hot in the monitor, Miss Lene. That was very loud. <laughs> I liked it. That, well, that's, but that's too loud. We can yeah. just let it play and not do it. Yeah, right. I liked it. <laughs> I like it loud. Okay. Miss Lene, can you bring the monitor down just a bit? We're good. Such a time as this, isn't it? I love the song. You know, it's 15 years ago. I'm like, I know this song. It's old. <laughs> oh, we've done it before. Okay. So. Old. I never heard it before until we. Oh. But I never listened to radio. Oh, that's all I listen to is Christian music. Okay. I can't talk to her until she's done talking to him. Oh. Did you change the color you're putting on your hair? I. The monitors are just a little too high right now. We colored it this week. It's really pretty, but it just seems like it's a slight adjustment to the right, light of right, Summer. Oh. she went from the yellow to the brown. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not as light blonde. It's the same color that we've always been getting. Huh. Yeah, it is, 73. Garnier. Okay, are you ready? Mm. You got noise makers. Now a little more. Yes, in the monitor. Now. That should be good. All I have is now. To be faithful, to be holy, and to shine, lighting up the darkness right now. I really have no choice. But to voice the truth to the nations A generation looking for God For such a time as this I was placed upon the earth To hear the voice of God And do His will, whatever it is For such a time as this from now and all the days he gives I am here, I am here, and I am his For such a time as this Do you ever wonder why like the grass is always greener under everybody else's sky 
is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind the God of angel armies. He is always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies. He is always by my side. And nothing formed against me shall Pastor Ryan still in here? I so. I don't. Okay, that's fine. My question I just thought of. Good morning, Victoria. When we sing these three songs, my question for Pastor Ryan uh, is, everyone going to remain seated or are we all going to stand up? You're going to stand up and you're going to ask them to stand up. Okay, so then we can stand up for the songs. I need to stand up for that one. I need my air. Yeah, absolutely. So we, when we sing, we so are they're going to stand up. Yeah. While we're, we're, everyone's reading, we'll be sitting. Okay. So we can stand up to sing. Yeah. Okay. We're going to no. do No Longer Slaves. No Longer Slaves. If After you'll. chapter 7. Good morning, love. I think. 
Thank you. Okay. same melody okay you have the right melody All yeah right. yeah I think we're good I think mine is more spoken than sung I guess I don't know so I have to oh okay are you talking about the timing and kind of the, <laughs> Maybe, the delivery okay you unravel me with the melody okay. yeah. I think I know what you mean yeah. with you unravel me with the melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, have chosen me love has called my name I've been born again into your family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I can stand and say, I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Oh, I am a child of God. 
it's fine. It's easier to follow me, but whatever. No, I can. Yeah. Huh? Oh. No, no, I went back because I was asking her if she... It was a technical thing we were working on. Now, do we want to go back? I've got drowned perfect love. Stand and sing. Because you know where he hit the you, you hit it naturally. The second time through. Yeah. The second yeah. Time okay, yeah. Let me, let's try it. Okay. So I could walk. This is the first time. Oh, hold on, okay. hold on. Oh. Perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and say, I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Your tears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I can stand and say, I am a child of God. Can you? I want to hear you. hear you sing so I can stand and sing. No, because you're going to stay with me. So don't stand and sing. She's going to go. She's going to hit the high You're going to do it the We're same the both ways. I did. Oh. Well, oh. if you happen to follow me instead of Summer, that's okay. Okay. But I thought you were going to stay with me. That's okay. All right. I didn't hear anything that sounded bad. Yeah. Okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to do the other one or do you, can you not? Yes. Lene, we're going to go back to the first one that's a track and run through it one more time. Say that line, the second, so I could stand you and sing. You rescued me, so I could stand and sing. Stand and sing. Yeah. You like that better than stand and sing? I got it. Because okay. you could do that. All right. oh, that coffee smells so good. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Because I was, I practiced. And then are we back on the track thing that you got? Right. Yes. All right. Seems like the grass is always greener 
Under everybody else's sky Right here, right here For this time and place You can live a mirror of His mercy A forgiven image of grace For such a time as this I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, for now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His. For such a time as this. Can't change what's happened to now, but we can change what will be by living in holiness that the world will see Jesus for such a time as this. I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, for now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His. For such a time, for such a time as this, I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will. Whatever it is, for such a time as this, tonight all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His for such a time as this. part did it sound like we were together enough okay i think so i think so it goes by so fast it's how we weren't hearing him this time because if you listen no you're gonna go wait you're right right here <laughs> if we turn it up and you listen to him we don't do it like him on the end he goes off and embellishes everywhere that's a soloist song yes so copy's ready i we just need enough of him to follow and then you Oh, okay. No, it just got set on there. Lene, on that one, could I have a little more of the, the audio in the white speaker right next to me, please? Just a little more. A little more of the audio of the song for the Wayne Watson song, the first one. No, a long time ago. No, he found, she told him. Okay. Okay, I'll just try. Uh, that's fine, Lene. That's good. I, it's okay. It's okay. I'll just listen real carefully for yours. Okay. 
No, it's fine. Well, it, I was okay with it. Okay. I just it would make it made me a little more comfortable, but that's fine. I'll just have to listen carefully. I don't know what Rusty's saying. We'll follow him instead. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I hope she can put put the sound of the track out there though, so they don't so they don't just hear our voices. Well, I was, I'm, no, I'm assuming she's doing that because she's listening to what it sounds like back there. I don't know. If it's, is it a split track? No. It's an accompaniment, uh -huh. right? Well, no, no, it's it's just the regular track with him singing. Oh, then we, yeah, we, they're, they're yeah. singing with him. Like I want I them to, okay. yeah, okay. I want I want them to okay. be able to hear the music part, not so just our voices. Okay. Yeah, I just, I found a video of it. So let's go ahead and start. Today we're celebrating. Purim actually starts tomorrow evening on the 6th, but you guys won't be here for that. So let's, we're going to celebrate it today. Uh, Purim. Before we get going, let's talk. I have a quick mention of what Purim is. Purim is a time in which the Jewish people, remember we've been celebrating the Jewish holidays throughout the year, off and on. Well, Purim is the time where the Jewish people celebrate the events that took place in the Megillah, uh, the, the scroll, um, the book of Esther. 
And uh, traditionally, it, the, you would be fasting today and then celebrating tomorrow because you fast right before Purim. Um, this time is a time of excitement and benevolence and celebration. It's a time where you often see people wearing masks and uh, celebrating and, and they give to the poor. We also have a benevolence table back on the back. If anyone wants to bring food in or toiletries, are always welcome for those who don't. Right now it's got a bunch of dishes on it which are free to take as well. Um, but we have that, um, if you would like to give money, we also have a benevolence funds that are set up. And so, um, please don't forget to give to the benevolence. The, uh, as we read the book of, of Purim, you're going to see and hear the name of Haman. Now, Haman in the story, if you're not familiar with the book of Esther, Haman is the villain. He is the one who wants to uh, destroy everything. So what we do in Jewish, as you read through the book of Esther, is every time you hear the name Haman, <laughs> Haman is set to destroy the people of God. And so what the idea is, 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 is they, they have this fun uh, that they literally curse his name and erase it or drown it out from God's ears. So every time you hear that name, Haman, we make noise. Now, as you read this, you're also going to notice that God is not mentioned in this book. And that's probably why it's such a popular book. Because even though God is not mentioned, we see him every step of the way. We see him just like our own lives. Sometimes we don't get to hear God speak to us directly, but we see him in every step of our lives in such a beautiful way. And so we celebrate God's action in salvation, and that's what Book of Esther is all about. Uh, before we begin, there are some blessings that, we, that I will recite. Praised are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified our lives through his commandments, commanding us to read the scroll. Praised are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who performed miracles for our ancestors in those days in this season. Praised are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, giving us universe for giving us life, sustaining us, and for helping us reach this moment. Amen. Some legalities. All the images you see today in the thing are taken from free Bible images. So I have to post that up there because I use someone else's images. All right. Let's get into song uh, to number one. Victoria, would you come lead us in reading of chapter 1? Queen Vashti disposed. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. 
the Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the city of Citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all the nobles and officials, the military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were present. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people from the least to the greatest were in the citadel of Susa. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords and white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. King Vashti also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, Mehuman, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abigtha, Zatar, and Carcass, to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in the matter of law and justice, he spoke to, with his wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Karshina, Zestar, Ambatha, Tartish, Merez, Marshina, and Mibukan, the nobles of Persia and Media, who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti, he asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Then Mebukan replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all nobles and people of all provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all women and so that they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and media women of the nobility who had heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, 
which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never to enter the presence of King Xerxes also. The king, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then when the king's etiquette is proclaimed throughout all vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and nobles were pleased with his, this advice, so the king did as Mebuchan proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of kingdom, to each providence in its own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his household using his native tongue. Good morning. This is chapter two of Esther. Later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, which is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young women who pleases the king be queen instead of Bathsheba. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Now there was a citadel in Susa, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shemi, and son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Among those taken captives were Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadish, whom had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This, younger, this young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her mother and father had died. Okay, the pages have stuck together. Sorry. <laughs> When the king's older and edict had proclaimed order and edict edict no edict sorry had proclaimed many young women were brought into the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai Esther was also taken to the king's palace and trusted to Haggai who had been who had charge of the harem she pleased him and won his favor Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants to the best place in the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Every day, he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. 
before a young woman's turn came to go into the king, in, to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six one, months of with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there, and in the morning, return to another part of the harem to take care of Sheiska, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. When the turn, when the turn came for Esther, the young woman, woman Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle, Abihail, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10 month of the, in the 10 month, the month of the Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any other woman, and she won the favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Bathsheba. And the king gave a great banquet Esther's banquet for all his nobles and official, officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, but Esther had kept the secret, that kept secret her family background and nationality just as Mordecai had told her to do so for she continues to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bethana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled, impaled on poles. All this was recorded in the book of the annuals in the presence of the king. Will you stand with us, please? is now to be faithful to be holy and to shine lighting up the darkness right now I really have no choice but to voice the truth to the nations a generation looking for God for such a time as this, I was placed upon the earth 
to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, from now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His for such a time. Do you ever wonder why? Seems like the grass is always greener Under everybody else's sky But right here, right here For this time and place You can live a mirror of His mercy a forgiven image of grace For such a time as this I was placed upon the earth To hear the voice of God And do His will, whatever it is For such a time as this From now and all the days He gives I am here I am here, and I am His, for such a time as this. Can't change what's happened to now, but we can change what will be. By living in holiness, that the world will see Jesus for such a time as this. I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is, for such a time as this. So now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His for such a time. For such a time as this, I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, from now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am here. You may be seated. That was beautiful. Thank you. Chapter three here. The title here is Haman's Plot to Destroy the Jews. <laughs> Haman! <laughs> I like that. Okay, here we go. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman's son, Habitha, Agatha, elevated him and giving his seat of honor higher than that all of other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman 
For the king had commanded his concerning him, but Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Then the royal officials and the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, and they spoke to him. But he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behaviors would be tolerated. For he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman <laughs> saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. <laughs> Yet having learned that who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai instead of Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people. The Jews throughout the whole king of Xerxes in the twelfth year of King Xerxes in first month, the month of Nisan, the pure, that is, the lot, was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Haman said to King Xerxes, there is a certain people disparate among the peoples in all the province of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those all of all other people, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them. And I will give them 10,000 talents or silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So the king took his sign ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, the son of Habithatha, the Haggai, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the peoples as you please. And then the 13th day of the first month of royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the king's satraps. The governors of the various provinces and the nobles of the various people, these were written in the name of King Xerxes, himself sealed with his own ring. Dispatch were sent by couriers to all king's province with orders to destroy, kill the Analytes and the Jews, young and old, women and children, on the single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and plundered their goods. A copy of the text of Edict was to be issued in law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality such they would be ready for that. The couriers went out and spurred on the king's command, and the edict was issued to the citadel of Susa. The king Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. That's it. Thank you. Chapter 4. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, 
he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death, unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But for you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent his reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Will you stand with us, please? You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Before me, I know. 
Esther's request to king. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and took the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king asked again to Esther, Now what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. Don't get ahead of me here. <laughs> Haman's rage against Mordecai. Haman went out to the day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had been elevated above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I am the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave, and she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see the Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. His wife Suresh and all his friends said to him, Have a pole set up, reaching to a height of 50 cubits, and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted Haman, and he had the pole set up. Good morning. Chapter 6. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigtha, Thana, and Teresh, two of the king's officers, who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing's been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman had just, oh, now I see why people jump, entered the <laughs> outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? 
So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have they bring a royal robe the king has worn, and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on his head. Then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the house through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done to the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking to him, the king's eunuchs, eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. Chapter 7, and as I was reading this verse, uh, this chapter, I thought of uh, just not too far above the, uh, in Galatians, we've been going through Galatians, do not be deceived, whatsoever is so, it shall, you shall weep, and we see that in this first chapter. So, so the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet, and as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what is your perdition, it will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it please you, grant me my life, and this is my petition, and spare my people, and this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and alienated. If we were merely been sold as males and female slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he? The man who has dared to do such a thing. Esther said, An adversary, the enemy, this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in, in a rage, left his wine and went out into the palace garden. But Hanum realized that the king had already decided his fate. He stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king explained, Will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. But Herban, one of the Enoch's attendants, the, attending the king, said, A pole reaching to the height of 50 cubits, that's 75 feet, stands at Haman's house. 
He had it set up for Malachiah, who spoke, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, Impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Malachiah. The king's fury subsided. Will you stand with us, please?
There they are. Chapter 8. The king's edict in, be, in behalf of the Jews. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman. Haman the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of of Haman the Agagite, which he had which he had devised against the Jews, then then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman son of Hamadadath, the Agite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai, the Jew, because Haman attacked the Jews, I had given his estate to Esther, and they have impaled him on the pole he set up. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews as seems best to you and seal it with the king's signet ring for no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. At once the royal secretaries were summoned. On the 23rd day of of the third month, the month of Sivan. They wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children and to plunder their property of their enemies. The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all the province of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers riding the royal horses went out spurred on by the king's command and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa, the triumph of the Jews. When Mordecai left the king's presence, he was wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large, a large crown 
of gold. Am I supposed to? Is this, is this the same chapter? Okay. When Mordecai left the king's presence, he was wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, for, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came, there was joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because of fear, because fear of the Jews had seized them. I think that's everything. Chapter 9. On the 13th day of the 12th month of the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables had turned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities and all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, the king's administrators, helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces. He became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all the enemies with a sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. They also killed Parshandatha, Delphin, Aspartha, Paratha, Adelia, Aridatha, Parmartha, Arisa, Arida, and Basha, the ten sons of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those killed in the citadel of Susa was reported by, to the king that day. The king said to Queen Esther, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and the 10 sons of Haman in the city of Zusa. What had they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your petition? And it will be given to you. What is your request? It will also be granted. If it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also and let Haman's 10 sons be impaled on poles. So the king commanded this to be done. An edict was issued in Susa, and they impaled, impaled the ten sons of Haman. The Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observe the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and fasting, feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. Purim established. Mordecai recorded these events. He sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar, as a time when Jews got relief from their enemies, as the month 
when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun, doing what Mordecai had told, told them, written to them. Brahman, son of Hamadatha the Agadite, the enemy of all Jews, had plotted against all Jews to destroy them and had cast the pure, which is the lot, for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head, and he and his son should be impaled on the poles. Therefore, these days were called Purim from the word pure. Because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them, the Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and in the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every province and every city, and these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants. So Queen Esther, daughter of Abihel, along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all of the Jews in the 127 provinces, provinces of Xerxes' kingdom, words of goodwill and assurance to establish these days of Purim as their designated times, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and as they had established for themselves their descendants in regards to their times of fasting and lamentation. Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim. It was written down in the records. Proceeding on with chapter 10. <laughs> the greatness of Mordecai. King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores, and all his acts of power and might, together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are they not written in the book of the annals of the king of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke for the welfare of the Jews. Thank you. What a blessing. And you guys did great. Let me tell you what. Thank you. I read a blessing. Praise are you, Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who has championed our cause and passed judgment on our behalf, taking vengeance for us and punishing our mortal enemies as they deserve. Praise are you, Lord, our God, who saved his people from Israel, from all their enemies, as you are a redeeming God. As we think of that uh, redeeming God, we think about Christ, who is our ultimate redeemer. The Savior that is working, has worked among us, and is at a, the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. At this time, we're going to move into a time of Lord's Supper of Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving. And so we're going to take a moment... To Take a moment of silence to reflect and prepare your hearts to dine with the Father.
Lord God, forgive us of our sins and those things that would do us wrong. Lord, we want to just be a pleasing to you. Lord, we praise you, Father, for those, for those times you have interceded on our behalf that we may be saved. Lord, I pray that even though sometimes we don't see you directly, we know that you are always working around us and in the world around us, that we may see your salvation. Father God, I pray that you would help us to be faithful to you in times such as this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It was at the time of Passover, Jesus took his disciples up to the upper room. And sometime during the night, he broke the bread. And he took a piece of bread and says, this is my body broken for you. And he claimed the promise that he will always be with us as the bread of presence. The sinless one broken for us. Take and eat. Then he took the cup. And the cup that symbolized the blood of the lamb, he said, this is my blood spilt for you. So that as your transgressions are covered with my blood, my righteousness may cover you. So we thank God for the blood that he has spilt for us. May we remember him take and drink. The blessing of the Eucharist may it last forever, that we may dine in the presence of the Father in communion with one another and with Him. I pray. All right, so today we're celebrating Purim. Real quick, Purim is... When the Jewish people celebrate the events that take place in the scroll of Esther. And so it's a book that, that, that we read, they read the book of Esther. Now there's a couple of important things that we notice about Esther. One, God is not in Esther at all, though he's all over it. His name is not mentioned. It's one of the, you, you, you go read through it. There's no name God, there's no Elohim, there's no Yahweh. He's not in there. But his presence are all over. And we can celebrate his presence in our own lives even when we don't see his face. Because he's working all around us. And so remember this time of, of uh, Purim. Purim is a time where a lot of people dress up in costumes. There's a lot of, there's a, it's an a influence on benevolence. So if you want to give your, uh, a, your, part of your tithe to the benevolence, please do so. That benevolence is when we give out to help people that are in need in the community and in the church. We also have a benevolence table back there that we put food on. If, and right now there's a whole bunch of dishes on it. So if you need some dishes, grab those dishes. Um, toiletries are always welcome as well. People need those as well. Now, some of you were given one of these. 
when you walked in. During the book, there is a villain. Now, if you're not familiar with the book of Esther, there's a villain in the story. His name is Haman. And every time Haman is mentioned, we blot out his name from the ears of God. You drown it out. So I want to ask that everyone take place in this. It's fun, it's enjoyable, and it's a wonderful way to celebrate this book of reading. Now before we actually start reading, I'm going to recite some prayers that we give before Purim. Praise are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified our lives through his commandments, commanding us to read the scroll. Praised are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who performed miracles for our ancestors in those days, in this season. Praised are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, for giving us life, for sustaining us, and for helping us reach this moment. All images you see today are given to us by free Bible images. I had to put that up there for legalities. All right. Let's begin with the reading of chapter one. Sherry Carroll, please come begin us. Queen Vashti disposed. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. At that time, King Xerxes resigned from his royal throne in Citadel of Zusa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials, the military leaders of Persia and Media. The princes and the nobles of the provinces were present. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet, lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in Citadel of Susa. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to the silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. Queen Vashti also gave a banquet for the woman in the royal palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, Buhuman, Bisra, Harbona, Bigtha, Abiktha, Zenthar, and Carcass, to bring forth 
to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was a lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in the matter of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king, Karshina, Shethar, Amathoth, Tarshish, Mercies, Marcina, and Memhukan, the seven nobles of Persia and Media, who had, been, who had special access to the king and were the highest in the kingdom. According to law, what must be done to Queen Bashi? He asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes, and the eunuchs have taken to her. When Memuka replied to the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Bashi has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles of all the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all women, and so will despise their women, their husbands, and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashi, queen Vashi to brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Median women of nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashi is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then, when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king of his nobles were pleased with his advice, so the king did Memucan proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in his own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his own household using his native tongue. Okay, we're at chapter two. Esther's made queen. Later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then the young women, who, young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Now there was in the city, citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shammai, the son of Kish who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Along, among those taken captive was Jehoiachin, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadasha, 
whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her mother and father died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel at Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had taken charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with beauty treatments and special food. He assigned her to seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Each day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was be happening to her. Before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh and six with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem to the care of Shagaz, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the concubines. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned by name, summoned her by name. When the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle Abigail, Abihail, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the tenth month, the month of Tibeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all of his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts for royal liberality. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, but Esther had kept secret her family's background and nationality, just as Mordecai had told her to do, for she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. During this time, Mordecai was sitting, during the time that Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bethana and Terash, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. All of this was recorded in the Book of Annals in the presence of the king. Will you stand with us, please? Will you stand with us, please? Now, all I have is now.
to be faithful, to be holy, and to shine, lighting up the darkness right now. I really have no choice but to voice the truth to the nations, a generation looking for God. For such a time as this, I was placed upon the earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, for now and all the days He gives, I am here, I am here, and I am His. For such a time as this You Do you ever wonder why Seems like the grass is always greener Under everybody else's sky But right here Chapter 3, 
Haman's plot to destroy the Jews. After these events, King Sirius honored Haman, son of Hamagatha, the Agathite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him, but Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Zerus. In the twelfth year of the king of Zerus, and in the first month, the month of Nisan, the pure, that is the lot, was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and a month, and the lot fell on the twelfth month in the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Zerus, There is a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all the other people, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrator for his royal treasury. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agatite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Then on the 13th day of the month of the royal secretaries were, sec were summoned, they wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people of all Haman's orders to the king satraps, the governors of the various provinces and the nobles of the various peoples. These were written in the name of King Xerix himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, on a single day. The 13th day of the 12th month the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality
so they would be ready for that day. The couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman <laughs> sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. Mordecai persuades Esther to help. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on a sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he only went as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every providence to which the and other order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out with Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edit for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal providence know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned to the king was but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back the answer. Do not think that, do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if, he reign, for if he remained silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent his reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days nights or day and my I and my attendants will fast as you do when this is done I will go to the king even though it is against the law and if I perish I perish so Mordecai went away and carried all of Esther's instructions will you stand with us again <laughs> Thank you. 
darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still.
On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, now what is your petition? It will be given to you. And what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther replied, my petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet and that I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. <laughs> Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above all the other nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I'm the only queen Esther invited to accompany to the king to the banquet she gave. And she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew, Mordecai, sitting at the king's gate. His wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, have a pole set up, reaching up to 50 cubits, and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourselves. Uh, then the, the suggestion delighted Haman, and he had the pole set up. Mordecai honored. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Begathan and Therese, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. 
his attention censored, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king, for the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with the royal crest placed on his head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded to Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai, the Jew, who sits at the king's gates. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. After Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Hangman rushed home and his head covered in grief. And he told Zuris, his wife, and all of his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife, Zuris, said to him, since Mordecai before you, whom you downfall has started is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. Chapter 7. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet, and as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition, and spare my people, this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet, because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he, the man who has dared to do such a thing? Esther said, an adversary, an enemy, this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a rage, 
left his wine and went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, a pole reaching to the height of 50 cubits stands by Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. Will you stand with us, please?
chapter 8, the king's edict on behalf of the Jews. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told her, told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman the Agatite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the golden scepter to Esther, and she rose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it is the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agatite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I hear, bear to see the disaster fall on all my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai, the Jew, because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have impaled him on the pole set up. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. And once the royal secretaries were summoned, and the 23rd day of the month, of the third month, the month of Sivan, they wrote out Mordecai's orders to the Jews and the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people and also to the Jews, Jews with their, in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. The day appointed for the Jews to do this <coughs> pardon me, The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all, of, all the provinces of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. 
a copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that Jews would be ready on the day to avenge themselves on the enemies. The couriers riding in royal horses went out, spurred on the king's command, and the edict was issued in the city of Susa. The triumph of the Jews. When Mordecai left the king's presence, he was wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came, there was joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. And many people of the other nationalities became Jews because of the fear the Jews had seized them. I don't know if I can read until all that food is smelling. <laughs> Oh, on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities and all the provinces of King Xerxes, to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the province, the satraps and the governors and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace his reputation spread throughout the provinces, and he became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men, and they also killed uh, Parshanda. Can't get that one. Daphon, Espita, and Parata, and Adelia, Aridatha, Parmasta, and Arisa. What is that? Arisaia, Fire, Aridaya, and y'all forgive me about them words. Bazatha, uh, and ten sons of Haman son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those killed in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The king said to Queen Esther, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and 10 sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? 
Now what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? It will also be granted. If it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edit tomorrow also and let Haman's ten sons be impaled on the poles. So the king commanded that this be done and edit Edith was issued in Susa and they impaled the ten sons of Haman. The Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's province also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them but did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th day rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observe the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the province of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar. As the time went, the Jews got relief from their enemies. And as the month went, their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agitite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the pearl, that is the lot, for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme, Haman, had devised against the Jews should come back unto his own head, and that he and his sons should be impaled on poles. Therefore, these days were called Purim, from the word Pur, because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them. The Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom they and their descendants and all who join should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation by every family and in every province in every city. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants.
So Queen Esther, daughter of Abihel, along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all Jews in the 127th province of Xerxes' kingdom, words of goodwill and assurance. To establish these days of Purim at their designated time, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regard to their times of fasting and limitation. Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim, and it was written down in the records. Am I done? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to read chapter 10. King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to his distant shores and all his acts of power and might together with a full account of greatness of Mordecai who the king had promoted. Are they not written in the book of annals of the kings of Medea and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes Preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by his many followers, fellow Jews, because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all Jews. Praise God. I want to thank all my readers. You guys did a fantastic job. I read a praise, traditional reading after the reading. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, whom has championed our cause and passed judgment on our behalf, taking vengeance for us, punishing all our mortal enemies as they deserve. Praised are you, Lord our God, who saved his people from Israel, all the enemies, for you are a redeeming God. And he is a redeeming God. We celebrate a God who has saved us and has redeemed us. What a blessing. What a praise we have. We're going to go into a time of communion. Got your little cups out there. This is the time of Eucharist, of, of, of thanksgiving. It's a time we praise God for His mighty works on the cross as He said, do this in remembrance of me. As we remember Christ and what He has done for us, establishing a new covenant, a new agreement. As we enter into a legal agreement with God that we remember His sacrifice for us. So I ask, before we open that cup, before we break the body and drink of the, the blood, let us take a moment to right ourselves and ask God to prepare our hearts.
Father God, forgive us for the sins that we, have man, we may have committed, that we may appear before you as we seek your face, as we sit at your table, as we sit in communion with one another and with you, Father, we pray that we may be pure before you. We praise you, we thank you for your sacrifice and being our redeeming God. Lord, I pray that in those times, just like in the times of Esther, where we don't see your name present, we know you are present. Help us to remember and be thankful for your presence ever. We worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now we celebrate communion, which is found in five books of your Bible. All four Gospels and the book of Corinthians have the Lord's Supper in it. I don't have a favorite. But I do know that when it was time, Christ was taken to the upper room. He took his disciples to the upper room. And it was the time of Passover, so all those images were in their heads. Images of the yeastless bread. The God of His presence. The blood of a covenant. And so they remember, so when Jesus took the cup, the bread, and He broke it, he claimed all that imagery for himself and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he gave it to his disciples and that because it was Passover time, they were thinking of imagery of the blood of the Lamb spilt for them. Because of the, it was Passover time, they were thinking of the Lamb's blood on their door. Because it was Passover time, they were thinking of a poured out offering where they gave up to God. Because it was Passover time. And Jesus says, this is my blood spilt for you. The sign of a new agreement. Do this in remembrance of me. And we praise God. We praise God for that new covenant. We praise God for that spilt blood and his redemption that we see in the book of Esther where he saved his people.